You're listening to the Mobile Micro Shows podcast. This is just the audio podcast. For video, go to IndieForLife.com. Episode 9 with Nicole Williams. Filmed at Maytan Music on April 23rd, 2011. This episode contains strong language, so listener discretion is advised. This poem is called Amanista. She came to me like mist from primordium, crawling up my belly in a smoking stew, her abrupt transfer from her abrupt transfer ripped like panic spewing blood, and downing wisdom in ancient viscera you saw it pooling. I thought you might lose me. Her first act of thanks was to urinate on my belly. She clung to words, strange sounds, so new she had not yet forgotten the language of the gods. She found her father and called him by name, and paid heed to the healer that brought her forth, and babbling like no baby should in sudden surprise at her sticky introduction. She regressed to wide eyes and manic protest as I shivered in puddles of myself and her. And Daddy, you were there from the first tiny twinge as the sun hugged the horizon at five that morning and I still had the semblance to follow advice. So we timed my pain in anxious increments. I gave a stellar performance for the first 12 hours. <laughs> but imagine your insides being ripped out and slowly replaced with drying cement. The feeling that you get right before that kills you is where I was for the next few hours. So I bowed to the crushing inefficiency of my makeup and baby smart to be afraid of large men with sharp objects rightfully poised herself for the push. And as his threatening, as his threatening love-strapped hands were in motion, she came through as daddy held her soul and mine in his arms. Audrey Lord writes about some white men who for sport or sickness or some strange desire tie together the legs of a laboring pregnant slave until they burst, till she birthed the dying baby against the bone. And with that, absolute hell on earth has been realized. You see, the pain of labor is unimaginable and the emotional event is impossible to describe and to get through it with love and support is still terrible. Your child is your only reward. And normally, if your child dies, you can blame God, but not this time. See, this time God said, let there be life. He said, let there be life. And those men said, no. God said, and it was good. And those men said, absolutely not. God said, oh, what a child is pleasing to my eyes. And those men said, who the fuck do you think you are? And as that slave woman lied dying in her child's blood, and as that black child suffered in the arms of its mothers, those men pulled out the base of this patriarchal nation and crushed everything righteous and good. And God said, why? And they said, because we could. And I would thank God for you, my sweet little baby. I would thank God for your soft little self, for the chance that she never could have, the chance to hold you in my arms. I would thank God in the heavens, but I don't hear a thing. And so I have to thank luck and privilege, but I wanted a nobler beginning for you. 
And I can do nothing to vindicate her, but I push your beating heart out of me. And I can do nothing in solemn remembrance, so I hold your breathing body to my breast. And all the reparations I would gladly give to her, to her baby, to her baby's baby, to generation upon generation that black folk that would have been if my ancestors hadn't snatched theirs from their mother's arms and brought them here to work and die. Because we killed the future. And that's the legacy that we're born with. White folks want to say, we didn't eat that apple but forgot to notice that we're all out of Eden. In America, the future just continues to die, and with each new denial, we just kill it again. So in my dreams, I am Mama Nisa. And I invite you, if your skin is fair, not to be paralyzed by guilt or ignorance, but raise a fist with me in revolution. And if you say there's only so much one person can do, only so much one doctor or lawyer can do, so much one police officer who doesn't believe in justifiable homicide or making men slaves to the prison industrial complex, only so much one educator who teaches black history, women's history, disability rights. Only so much that one politician who votes for reparations because it'll take more than 40 acres to fix all this, then I say to you, yes, there's so much one person can do. So, like an alcoholic, we need to stand up and say, hi, I'm white America. It started for me on the middle, <clears throat> sorry, it started for me on the coast of Africa. I carried my addiction through the Middle Passage. I went real heavy for a while after Reconstruction. I hit rock bottom at Jim Crow. I've been relapsing straight through the 80s backlash. And the truth is I've never really been clean. So if it started with me, let it end with me. If it started before me, then let it end with me. No matter what the cause for all of us, let's make it end. Thanks. All right, so how did you get started um, doing spoken word and poetry and writing and stuff? Uh, I got started in college, which unfortunately for me was a long time ago in Chicago. Uh, after that, I started slamming at the Green Mill in Chicago and um, then actually joined a spoken word ensemble called the Runaway Wordsmiths and performed with them for a couple years there and been doing it since. Okay, cool. And um, why did you do it? I mean, what got you started? Jared Paul behind me. Uh, what did get me started? You know, I've always been kind of active in human rights organizations, and um, a lot of my poetry tends to reflect that. So I think it was just a way for me to express that kind of stuff. And um, where can people hear your stuff? Um, well, right now I live in Reno, Nevada, and I perform around here. Um, usually when uh, Ben Arnold's got something going on for Four Views, um, I'm, I'm there. So that's a good place to find me. Here's the latest on Martha Stewart. She spiked a virus into all the espresso makers of middle America, specific for envious housewives and little poodles and purses named Fifi. It's ravaged the respite of hairdresser heaven with the privileged lock tight and roller bleach stench with curious colors on garish curved nails. I've heard it's made its way to those neatly trim ladies, those North Shore lovelies nibbling nicely on lettuce and caviar, where it's been heard to induce vomiting and hysteria and compulsivity, a competitive brutality, a sneering sort of psychosis, really, that dwindles the mind yet firms the figure. Those 
poor, afflicted little rich girls, their bowels irritable from swallowing pride, but they're personably persevering through a Zantac faded mist under the infinite shrine of a pathetic America. Barely bubbling, bubbling under a superficial surface in a fine wine bath more basic than blood, I stand to object, Miss Stewart to the infestation of these marginalized socialites. And your disease, while it pleases many malingering men, takes us down in scores. And I abhor your treasonous obsession, knocking out potential armies of potential women. Why, it hit poor Olivia last week. In a neighborhood clash gone kamikaze frenzy, she attacked with salad tongs and wood-handled meat cleavers and those cute little toothpicks that look like swords. It took three to restrain her. The casualties counted a small-minded shih tzu in a cashmere dress. Now her poor pets are on Prozac, chasing their tails in an empty kitchen. <laughs> but plush upholstery reigns free in an undisturbed cosmic karma soiree, and bacon closely comforts microphallic formations, and everyone knows where that little fork goes. But let me describe some more subtle side effects. It induces strange hallucinations and preoccupations with primping, plucking, tucking, teasing with silicone implantations and adipose obliterations, with chemical desquamations and strange angular formations. It is the harsh defamation of the woman figure. It is the vain violation of the female form. It is the mass mutilation of a more natural beautification. Oh, Martha Stewart! You're such an evil bitch. <laughs> I found you out. While you're pushing your products, you're playing their games. While you're preaching your myth of midwife martyrdom, you've got balls bigger than old Donald Trump. So tell me, honey, why don't you show me the money? Because, see, I've heard it's worth America's soul. So, ladies, it's a call of solidarity for an expose of rare infectious forms of bottom feeders and bottom lines because it's Martha Stewart in America, because the blinders are on in America, because it's woman against women in America. And I am looking for that curative chemotherapy to cool the quakes of this competitive cancer. And I still struggle to stop that silted sad story of economics breeding jealous self-doubt because it's sisters who suffer in America. So I'm looking for that untapped expression that lies in the world of the woman.